0: two mats that's the number two m-a-t-t-s and there's a link in the show notes
1: i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me
2: in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites
0: Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes.
2: Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
1: Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast. I'm back.
2: You're back.
1: Yes, thank you to Steve for keeping my. Seat warm. Steve is gonna be with us for Brexit two of the week, but Jerry's gonna do the news. Jerry, how are you doing? I'm
2: good, how are you?
1: Did you miss me?
2: I missed you. I think the Uh, listeners missed you. Well, we'll
1: see when we get those Uh, listener figures in, (laughs) won't we? We'll see if you all turned off as soon as you heard that I wasn't here or if indeed you carried on listening to that. Of course, I hope you carried on listening to it. Of course, of course. And I hope you will do the same this week. Our listener figures, by the way, are very good. It's very impressive. Very good. Patting each
2: other on the back. (laughs) Yeah, so well
1: done us. And if you are in the, uh, I don't know, advertising department of BMW, say, Mm. or Alfa Romeo...
2: You're anything high here. Why all cars? Are you after a new car? I
1: could do with a new motor. (laughs) I could do with a new motor. If you work at Billy the Butcher's Ah. and would like a mention on this podcast, then do get in touch.
2: Um, But not Wetherspoons.
1: They get a lot. They get (laughs) free advertising from
2: us.
1: (laughs) I don't drink Wetherspoons, but the Dalek does. So Hmm. we might see him later, actually. We're going to talk firstly about something rather serious, and that's Jeremy Corbyn. How can Jeremy be an effective opposition to Brexit and everything else when he keeps getting himself into so many silly, they're not even scrapes are they? They're not scrapes,
2: they are scandals, they are scandals, I think that's all we can call them.
1: So a lot of um, the Labour left and a lot of Corbynistas say that this is a campaign by the newspapers to bring Jeremy down. Mm -hmm. I can assure you that the Right-wing newspapers would become uh, did the very same thing to Ed Miliband and t- Tony Blair, and to probably a lesser extent, Gordon Brown, Neil Kinnock, etc., etc. Um, it, it's not just Jeremy. No. So t- Twitter, Corbynistas on Twitter, this wasn't just um, stored up for your guy. Um, but also, he, he gives them lots of ammunition, doesn't he? Yeah,
2: yeah. Shall, shall I kind of you summarise round, round the, up the story? Because yeah. Because for anyone who's a bit neutral, I think, it's quite inaccessible isn't the word, but there's so much going on that it can be really easy to tune out and think there's too much, there's too much, there's too much. Go so, on, tell us
1: what Jeremy was, well, did a few years ago. Yeah,
2: the latest one is, um, he went to Tunisia, didn't he, in 2014, and he actually wrote an article about it in the Morning Star as well. Um, and he says that he was there to commemorate the bombing of the um, Palestine, uh, Palestine Liberation Organisation uh-huh. Headquarters.
1: 85, that was.
2: 85. Um But photos have emerged which seem to show him next to the graves of um, people who, to be fair, were members of the PLO at points, Uh um, but who have been linked to the terrorism organisation Black September, of course, behind the um, massacre of 11 Israeli athletes at the Munich Olympics in 1972. Um, Before even I was born. Before you were born. Is there a time?
1: (laughs) Well, it wasn't 1972.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um. Look, so no one
1: can This feeds of... in, doesn't it, to a yes, round that's yes, been going on for almost two age. years. Yeah, well, yeah, longer yeah. than two years. Cause it, in fact, it was more than two years since, since Shami Chakrabarti uh, did a report on anti-Semitism yeah, in the absolutely, Labour Party.
2: Absolutely. Um,
1: and Jeremy has always said, I'm not anti-Semitic. And I had a big rant about this a few weeks ago, as you well know, <laughs> um, saying that, you know, He's very close to being at this stage, and then these pictures emerge with this reef.
2: Yeah, so he said that. He was now there for some of those who were killed in Paris in 1992. But no one can say exactly who those people are. Lots
1: of memories for lots of different people. Yeah. Some memorialising.
2: And then he also said that he was there but didn't think he was involved, which is very much, I didn't inhale argument, (laughs) isn't (laughs) it? I didn't inhale the reef. (laughs) I didn't inhale the reef.
1: Um, To be fair to him, on that picture, he does look a bit like, (laughs) oh no, I've got the reef. Oh, "Oh, someone's (laughs) passed it to me. Um, He does look a little bit like that.
2: um, But yeah, like you say. This isn't in isolation. This is this is the man who invited the IRA into the House of Commons, did standing on platforms with controversial figures. I think if we were kind, we could just say he keeps finding himself in these situations. I'll right.
1: uh, tell you what, I'll be kind. Go on. <clears throat> he says, and there is some uh there is some truth. Well, there's a lot of truth in this, that you've got to speak to both sides. Yes, of right? course. Right? Because and I don't for a second think that Jeremy Corbyn is a violent man wants to see violence wants to see war no. he he want he very much does want peace i mean that's something that he's very i've said for a long time but is he really talking to both sides because i know that he's met with israeli officials but he doesn't seem to be paying them as much attention as the palestinians does he
2: no exactly and i kind of think that um you say you say that he wants peace and i think he does obviously want peace but i think it's clear that he sometimes thinks that an armed response towards this kind of Western imperialism threat is appropriate. Um, and,
1: or at least forgivable, or at least
2: forgivable. Yeah, exactly.
1: Understandable. Yeah.
2: And I think he's got to stop pretending that he's always been this kind of neutral peacemaker either here or of Northern Ireland, because he did take a side yeah. and that's kind of fine, but he won't renounce any of these past affiliations or, stand by them
1: so this is my issue with this and um i thought i i again the people who say these newspapers um always attacking jeremy corbyn we had the story last week i think it was when i was sunning myself about how he'd uh, shared a platform with uh, some people and a, a lot of people on twitter don't be one of these people listeners who seems to think that newspapers store up these stories, and then and then the news desk goes, "Oh, Jerry, I need something on Corbin. Go and have a look in the Corbin file. file." And then you go through <laughs> and, <laughs> and you go, <laughs> well, <laughs> here <laughs> <thing> <laughs> is, Look, wearing a balaclava." Right, that it's not how it works. No. Um, these are they're either sought out or they are passed to newspapers. And as soon as you've got them, if they're hot, they go in the paper. Yeah. we don't sit on them and wait. Um, so, as an explainer. Yes, the right wing press is going to go after Corbyn, right? Get over it, okay? That will happen. But it's like low hanging fruit at the moment because there's so much of this stuff. And the problem is Corbyn. He never sorted it out at the beginning. No, and I think. Never, he has ignored the problem and yeah. hoped it will go away. And he's still trying to do that. He's still not addressing it. And for all his rolling of the eyes and big sighs mm. when he's asked about it, it's a bad look. It's a bad look. And the voter, at the, the, the swing voter or the soft Labour voter or the Labour right voter or the centrist is looking at Corbyn and going, if he can't even sort this out, can we really trust him to be in number 10, to sort out, you know, massive problems with with nationals of national significance that could affect our lives. Can we really trust him to do that? Yeah. When he can't absolutely. even sort out anti Semitism within his party. And I'm not saying he's anti Semitic but there are, is an element of anti-Semitism within his party. You'll have to go on Twitter and look at members, how some of them talk, yeah. to find that out. Not one of them should still be in the Labour Party.
2: No, and I think this this kind of not coming down on either side, this, these constant different stories, this, I was there, I wasn't there, I did say this, I didn't say this, oh, but I didn't really mean that, and that's not what I meant, and I didn't yeah. know who was here. There hit.
1: were no seats on the train. They were all reserved yeah. seats on the train. It's I a could.
2: really confusing <laughs> narrative, and I think that, like you say, yes, the right-wing press do go after Corbyn, but I think that the constant confusion creates a very fractious relationship with the media, more so than it would be anyway. Yeah. So when these controversies keep happening, until he kind of defends himself in full and with clarity, even if it means people disagree with them, then these situations are going to keep happening.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think he it is going to keep happening, and I think he... Yeah, yeah, he just hasn't got a grip of his party. He's a very skilled politician yeah. in lots of different ways. Um, but he just hasn't got a grip of his party. And we see, we've see, we seen the same thing with Brexit. Mm-hmm. The, he's never quite got the right line. We're, we're not even sure if he voted Remain. No, really, are really are
2: not really. Um,
1: he he sort of uh, dodges it, doesn't quite say it. And I think, I really do think, and I've just written the piece in The New European this week, um, about Corbyn that James Ball's done, and I, and I've written a, a similar piece as well, just uh, recently about you know the the cracks appearing in Corbynism. I do think that we have got to that point, yeah. Um, where lots of people who were who were uh, wooed by him, you know, a year ago at that general election, are starting to think, well, oh, wait a minute, what's going on here? What's he doing there? What's he? Do- I don't know what. He- what's he hiding?
2: Yeah. Because he
1: might not be hiding anything. No, but it feels like feels it. Feels like
2: it. Absolutely, it all feels a bit sus.
1: It does rather. Um, so we've recreated on our front the uh, that that picture of of Jeremy carrying that wreath, um, but with some we've had because because we're the new European, of course. We've added a bit of fun. Yeah, light-hearted fun. But
2: quite fun. We've
1: got Seamus on there. Mm-hmm. He does seem to be grabbing these bits and bobs <laughs> check, it, check it out I have noticed uh, it um, we've got John McDonnell on there yep um, now I have I have a source who says John and Jeremy are not getting on
2: oh really yeah, that's I'll keep you all informed on
1: that one um, we've got
2: Diane Abbott's on there Diane Abbott
1: on there and we've got Owen Jones mm. everyone's favourite columnist yes Owen see you at conference um, he I, t- I could talk to Owen on Twitter yes but he's blocked me uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what I did to offend her. Chloe Wesley, also one of my Twitter yeah. buddies. Has she, she blocked you? She hasn't blocked me. Okay. So we can still debate her poetry. Yep. Um, her, which she was upset again at uh, the weekend. Yeah, like, yeah. um, but Owen's blocked me, bless him. But he was very um, upset about our front because it depicts him crying. Yes. But he's a bit of a windjer, isn't he?
2: He is a bit of a crybaby.
1: And that's yeah. why we put. Yeah, it on the Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely. Utterly ridiculous that we've had to have a debate about um, Owen Jones crying on the front of the paper when we should be having a debate about Labour sorting out their uh, anti Semitism problem. Anything else in the news? There's not a great deal about it. Oh, uh, there? there's
2: not that much going on, is a there? a struggle.
1: Although, my favourite uh, Brexit story of the week is uh, the whether spies are bugging Brexit negotiations.
2: Oh, tell
1: me about this. So, the. EU Brexit negotiators believe, now this might just be heightened paranoia, <laughs> but they reckon they're being bugged do by. They? Yeah, they do, <laughs> oh, seriously. By by us, by Britain. They oh, reckon wow. they're being bugged. Because basically what happened is um, we knew about something we shouldn't have known about. Ooh. Is that really our. Are, are our secret services that rubbish, though? The, <laughs> <laughs> you know? That they go. Uh, you know, oh, um, well, we were talking about. Oh, we know you were talking about it. Well, how do you know? <laughs> oh no, we don't. I mean, oh
2: no, let it slip. Surely oh, not.
1: But anyway, they, yeah, they're convinced that they're being bugged by Britain. That, like, you know, James Bond is sneaking in to some big glass office in Brussels. And, Idris Elba. Yeah, and do you reckon yeah. they're being trailed as well? Do you reckon yeah. they do that thing like an old like Presence around Man? a
2: when around they, a corner? Yeah. <laughs> when they pick
1: when they pick up their phones, there's like a click.
2: <laughs> I really hope that our security has moved on <laughs> since. Then. I hope. I really hope. To.
1: Do you know what it's more likely to be? Well, go on. David Davis with a cup. I bet that's what it was because he knows all the tricks. I mean, obviously he's gone now, but when he, you know, when he was, when he was the boss,
2: he was trained.
1: He was trained, so he'll have had a glass against a wall. <laughs> shush, <laughs> Ollie. Shush. I'm listening in.
2: Oh dear. That would work just as well. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's pretty accurate way of finding out information. I find. I. Th-
1: I, I I mean, I would probably be paranoid as well. Oh, yeah. But, um, but I think this is less, this is probably more um, Inspector Gadget than, than John Carre. Yes, I agree,
2: I agree. But it's a
1: great story. I, ho- I hope they are bugging him, really. I think that'd be f- fantastic. <laughs> if we're bugging him, why are we making such a cock up of it? We know what well, they're exactly. doing. Well, <laughs> exactly. We knew or what they were doing. Maybe we know. It's like gonna... a double bluff? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. We're just
2: acting like we don't know what's deep, happening.
1: The deep state that actually runs the country. uh uh-huh. He's like going, yeah, Theresa May, let her, you know, get oh, these idiots, let them deal with it. And then right at the end, it uh-huh. will all be sorted. <laughs> Let's hope so. It's that time of the year when sad middle-aged men, like me.
2: <laughs> Didn't uh, know what to say.
1: Pick their, well, say, no, oh, we're middle-aged. No, I'd no, rather be sad than the No, <laughs> When sad middle-aged men like me, and sad middle-aged women, I imagine, pick fantasy football teams. Yep. Now, I don't, actually. Oh, really? um, For English football, but I do for, even sadder, I do (laughs) for American football. Yes. Really sad. Um, So I thought, because of the lack of news, that we could pick some... Fantasy politicians. Yeah,
2: so all, all the it's sounds all... a bit
1: grim, really, doesn't it? It does. Like, back with John Major and Norma in that bath again. <laughs> so this is my no rules. Here are my either. rules, right? Right. Oh, I thought we could check in on this. I mm. might get Steve to do it as well. we check checking on it, like maybe around Christmas. Yeah, right. On the Christmas we'll see special. how they're doing. See how they're doing. I'm going to award them points. Are you? Right. right. And it's a very complicated system. Okay. Myself and my colleague Jasper Coppin, have drawn it up. And a good speech, ten points. That sort of thing, okay. right? Become leader, million points. Yeah. Um, so, I've picked three, mm-hmm. and and they can come from any party. They can be Leave or Remain. Yep. Right. So I'm going to explain them, and I explain why I think they've got a big year ahead. Yeah. Right. So I'll pick first, then then you can pick your your one. Okay? Yeah. Go on. All right. So my first pick is Clive Lewis.
2: Oh. Yeah. Friend of the pod.
1: Friend of the pod, and also. Um, on the front bench again, mm-hmm. working in the Shadow Treasury. Um, and I think that Clive is the right side of the Labour Party for, yep. the, for the members. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the left side, actually. He's the left side of the Labour Party, but I meant the, the right side as far as the members are concerned. The
2: correct side. Correct side
1: as far as the membership's concerned. He isn't tainted by Brexit. No. Uh, for those members he's young mm-hmm. he's uh he's approachable yep. in fact i walked past him only this morning did you i did yeah he uh did he say hello he didn't see me he was with the police i don't think he was arrested i don't think he was oh. being arrested no he was walking with the police but he had his hands behind his back. i'm kidding he was just doing some <laughs> walkabout with the police officers in the city um I think that he also, this is my thinking on this, he's he's still at quite a low base. Yeah. I think there is real opportunity for Clive to move up the Labour Party really quickly if there is proper movement towards the top. And I think, I don't know if I've got my fingers crossed or not, but I think that there might come a time in the next 12 to 18 months where... Some people on the left, Mm -hmm. on the left of the Labour Party, start saying, start whispering in ears about Jeremy's taking us as far as he can. Yeah. He shifted the party, that's great, but we need a, um, you know, we need someone who isn't tainted by. Wreath laying and sharing platforms with people.
2: And various other we, things.
1: It's yeah. fine. We can stay where we are politically, but we still need to get some of those people on the centre to vote for us. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, I'm not saying Clive Lewis is the next leader of the Labour Party, although I, I would imagine if there was an open contest, he would, without Jeremy standing yeah, or someone absolutely. else. I, I think, think he. Would, well. I think he would certainly throw his hat into the ring. Um, and I think he's been a politician for long enough now to to be considered as one of. Labour's big hitters, so that's why I think there's lots of points out there for Clive. And soon as I'm marking my own work, I expect him to do well. There we go.
2: (laughs) Who have you picked? Um, first on my list actually is um Matt Hancock.
1: Ah, Matt Hancock. There we go. Um,
2: without kind of getting obviously he's got his new uh, position as health secretary. Um, so he's doing well already. But without getting,
1: is he doing? I've been. I haven't been keeping a very close eye. I was off last week. Yeah, I've been. So I was. Only the office one day of the week before, so I've sort of missed how Matt's going on. Is yeah, you doing all right? he's
2: doing alright. Um, yeah. He had a bit of a bump. Do you remember, we spoke before about him kind of getting behind that uh, app. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That app has been in a bit of trouble. Right. Um, so it hasn't reflected. All the best well,
1: on it, but... Sort of semi-under-the-radar stuff.
2: In general, he's doing all right. I don't want to get too techie, but um, the NHS has this massive technology problem. None of its computers talk to each other. They're all of date Look at that cyber attack we had. And Yeah,
1: but at least they're not going to rise up and take over the world. Oh,
2: I'm fine with that. I welcome oh, okay, the robot right. takeover. Okay, cool. um, they still use fax machines and paper records. And I really... Th- they do, <laughs> fax machines. Fax machine. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I had to fax a press inquiry to adopt a doctor's surgery a few weeks Are ago. No, completely serious. Um, and I really think that um, Matt Hancock could use his experience from, you know, digital and technology to fix that. Yeah. And if it's done right, yeah. obviously that's the caveat
1: and does not cost too much. It doesn't
2: cost too much because it could save money actually. Yeah, yeah, it could yeah. really be a success. Yeah,
1: but it, the other thing of course the problem with upgrading um any, you know, even with building a hospital is that the uh, the success will probably come when he's long gone and politicians well, yeah. like short-term fixes.
2: And if you look at there's a there's been um, a massive uh, story in Essex this week actually where a man has had a basically a computer chip fitted into his heart. What? And then yeah, it's really oh my cool God, it's and happening then already. Doctors can monitor it from their iPhones so he does not have to keep going back to the hospital for appointments.
1: So, so when the missus says, put your phone down, you go, I'm monitoring someone's heartbeat.
2: Exactly. But also,
1: how long, right, before some... You know that I think this is all simulation anyway. Yeah. But if it isn't, well, even if it is, how long before someone hacks into that man's heart and then exterminate turns into the Dalek? <laughs>
2: Well, like I say, I um I welcome the robot takeover. I've got Amazon Alexas and smart lights and all sorts. So I think if I'm an early adopter now, they'll see me as a friend when it comes.
1: In this week's New European, we asked the question, is Alexa sexist?
2: Hmm. Why do you think she's sexist?
1: I think it's just AI tend to be female.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true.
1: Although you can set Siri to man if you want.
2: You can. I think you probably can Alexa as well, can't I'm you? I'm almost certain Yeah. You
1: can. Yeah, but the default setting tends to be female.
2: Yeah. Who's your
1: next one? My next one is uh, Gavin Williamson. Uh-huh. Gavin Williamson, I am a fan of mm-hmm. because he's terrifying, isn't he? <laughs> ever since I saw him, ever since I saw him at a conference last year, just before um, Spluttergate, mm-hmm. um, he, 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 people were the people. A lot of MPs, obviously, in the audience just. We're just worried <laughs> by his sheer presence <laughs> in that room. They part as they he comes were,
2: through. <laughs>
1: they, were, they feared. And when he did that gag about uh, the carrot and the stick yeah. and how it's extraordinary what you can do with a sharpened carrot, <laughs> and everyone went... <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I think he's a clever guy, and I think he is ruthlessly ambitious. Yeah, He would sell his own fireplace to get up the uh, the slippery pole. He will do anything. Yeah,
2: I think so too.
1: Um so and he is sort um chameleon like mm-hmm. in what where, where it, but in a clever way than Boris. Um he will he will pick the winning team and if he picks the winning team a few times he could find himself in very high places, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I also think about Matt Hancock, good choice by the way, that Matt's you know, maybe not next time, but time after that, he's in a really good position to uh, to have a, a real tilt at leader of the party. I think, yeah. And I think the same is true for Gavin Williamson. Um, well, the thing I like about Gavin Williamson, um, with regards to picking him as a fantasy politician, is um, that I think he's good in cabinet at getting what he uh, demanding what he wants. Yeah, he fights
2: his corner. And
1: um, and I think he's probably going to get some more money for defence. So he is my next pick. Who's yours? Joe Swinson. Jo Swinson.
2: Yeah, ah. yeah. I really like Jo Swinson, actually. Have you um, met her? Not in person. <laughs> Have you?
1: We've yeah. had correspondence. Yes. <laughs> was it by many, fax? Many years ago. <laughs> it was by email. It wasn't all very pleasant.
2: Um, look, I think she's clearly going to be the next the dem leader. Oh yeah, no
1: doubt about um, that. And I think she'll do a good job. She's yeah, a, she's a county politician. Yeah. yeah,
2: and I all I actually think she's consistently ahead of the curve with things and ends up on the right side of history for the most part. Um. She opposed the Iraq war. And one of her... Bear with me here. I know the sign's a bit off-piste. All right. But one of her major campaigns as an MP was cutting the packaging on Easter eggs. Yeah. Now...
1: Very libdem,
2: exactly. <laughs> but you might laugh, right? But think about Blue Planet Two and the I've massive thing eye, on packaging and plastics. People yeah. are mad about it at the moment, quite yeah. rightly so. You know, the banning of plastic straws and things like that. And Paper we, straws
1: aren't as good, though, are they?
2: Well, they're
1: not as You've got to drink it quicker. You've it's got to be
2: really
1: quick. Um, I might buy myself. Can you get a metal? So you can get metal
2: ones. Right. Yeah, you can get metal ones. I
1: did carry it with I'm you. Not sure all what time.
2: the taste is like. I just think with this plastic stuff, amongst the crazy. <laughs> news cycle that we live in and never get out of. Um, it's kind of an interesting one that she was still ahead of the curve of and saw kind of saw coming. Yeah, um, that's
1: good. She's, I didn't know about that one, but that is a good one. Yeah. She's
2: massive on women in politics as
1: well. Which she is. I'm um, she, she Yes, absolutely. And it would be good for the Lib Dems to have a, um, a, a youngish female leader, yeah. I think. I think she would speak to people that Vince is probably struggling to get and yeah. Tim Farron certainly couldn't get. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yes, I think uh, uh, Jo Swinson, when she's back from maternity yes. leave, a rather controversial maternity leave. It I think we can expect to, to see her getting more and more involved in the libsm because, and by goodness, they need her, don't mm-hmm. they? Okay, final one. Mm. Boris.
2: Ooh, controversial. Well...
1: Listen, I'm not, Didn't say we had to agree with them or no, like that's them. True, that's I'm true. just after fantasy politics that's points. True. So
2: with that teeth out this week,
1: Boris is going to be everywhere at conference. Yeah. He's going to be at every fringe event. He's going to be giving speeches. He's going to be speaking to every journalist. He's going to be just everywhere. Yeah. He's going to. Th- this is the beginning of his assault on number ten. Mm-hmm. What he's probably thinking is. Come March twenty nine, March thirtieth, get her out and we're going in. Yeah. I think Boris is gonna make a tilt for leadership uh, in the next year.
2: That's terrifying.
1: It may it may well be terrifying, but imagine the fantasy points <laughs> of the game. Right. <laughs> now what we've got to think of is who backs him, who stands against him. Yeah. So let's who do you reckon so May and she'll she's already worn out, I do feel for her. <laughs> Come, you know, come April next year. She stands aside and goes, right, I've got us through. Now someone else needs to take it on from the transition period. I'm going to go back to the back benches. Yeah. Boris will stand. Yeah. Who else? Oh, who God. can beat him? Who can beat him? Because he's starting to get the, the mad grassroots on board, isn't he? By talking about Burke, as another such nonsense. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Do you know who I really have a bit of a suspicion about is Brandon Lewis.
1: Right, Brandon.
2: Yeah. I know I know a bit offside, but I, I think he's been... Climbing that kind of a grease pole for a while
1: now, yeah, yeah, and I yeah. really,
2: I really think he could kind of step in, try and step into it a bit. Oof. I don't know how much support he would have, but I reckon he could.
1: Oh, that's a that is an interesting call. <laughs> that's a really interesting call. I was thinking more Gavin Williamson. Well, yeah. Um, I saw sort of raised my bets there. You see, Gavin and Gove. Well, yeah. Yeah, can he beat Boris though? It's down to the MPs. Because he only goes out Ugh. to the country, only goes out to the members when there's two left. He's going to get in the final two. Yeah. Oh my god, he's going to do it, isn't he?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Scary stuff. <laughs> Jerry,
1: final one from you. So
2: my final one actually is Margaret Hodge. Um, and everything... Margaret Hodge. Yeah. You know, it's been a tough few weeks for her, hasn't Dame it? Dame
1: Margaret Hodge. Dame
2: Margaret Hodge. Sorry. Yes. It's all right.
1: I don't think she's about. Don't think about she's she.
2: past this shit. I don't think she's going to be writing in or no. uh, tweeting us. Um, she's a lot of fun. Look, she's she's been on the receiving end of a lot of uh twitter hate for her um kind of battle with the with the party
1: yeah
2: um and i actually think that it was really brave i know that sounds ridiculous but you know 55 years of labour party membership there's a lot of fear in labour in one way or another for the kind of my way or the highway train that court ministers have Put forward, so I think to hear her speak out was really refreshing, and I don't think she's going to go away. No, she's
1: not. And I think she's that,
2: brilliant. that's brilliant.
1: It's a really good call. Yeah,
2: that that might even galvanise others to kind of say, "No, we're not standing for this. Yeah. This isn't what our party's about." So, and
1: galvanise yeah. them on other fronts as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, she, she, I think she's been brilliant on calling the party out of yeah. anti semitism. I think, you know, what she said to Jeremy was, it needed to be said by someone. Mm-hmm. Um and the way she's gone on is they've tried to fudge it and say she apologised when she didn't. Yeah. Another scandal, by the way. Absolutely.
2: And I think um, the reaction, her reaction, and the party's reaction, seeing them side by side, was night and day.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: So I, be- I really think that's... um There's a lot of
1: Labour MPs who are scared because they're scared there's a purge coming yeah. of, you know... Well, you know, you right get Twitter shout
2: deselect, deselect, yeah, don't exactly. you?
1: exactly. So... Um, we need more brave Labour MPs yeah. like uh, Dame Margaret Hodge. Here's to you. Brexiteer of the Week. Welcome back, Steve.
0: How Hello. are you doing? I'm good. Good, good, good. Um, Brexiteer of the Week. The Brexiteer of the Week. Can, uh, can we start with Darren Grimes, who I've written quite a bit about this week uh, in my exciting new look Brex Factor column in the, in the print edition of the New European? It's very good. Um, Darren Grimes, been on Twitter, he said, uh, he, he told his followers, two years on and the sneering arrogant Remainers still don't get why they lost. Well, it's just a guess, Darren, but <laughs> it's part of the reason that you and your mates broke the rules about spending. Is that it? Um, let's turn now to Ian Duncan-Smith. Remember... Remember sort of during the election campaign when we were all saying Theresa May was like the Maybot and she kept just repeating the same phrases? Drunk and stable. And we were just saying she got stuck. Well, Ian Duncan Smith, I think he might be the, the id spot because <laughs> he got stuck on a single word on the Today programme the other, the other day and I've not got the recording of it sadly but I've written it down, what he said and see if you can spot the word that he said a lot. A lot of employers simply have not bothered to try and find UK people to work. I think the best thing to do is to work with what we have got and make it work for everyone around the world. People come here for work, but they need to have work to come to here, and that work needs to have been agreed and accepted that there isn't a person in the UK who could do that work and has the skills to do that work. Sounds like Rihanna. Yeah, that's right. And that's why they used to call him the work, 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 work and pension secretary. (laughs) Very good. Um, Now, James Dellingpole. Can I discuss James Dellingpole for a minute? Of course. Right-wing columnist. He writes for Breitbart. Um, And he's a a hard Brexiteer, very hard Brexiteer, because this week he was imagining what the people of Britain are saying, and he he said, the people of Britain are saying, we voted Brexit, give us Brexit, give us Brexit strong and hard, Boris. (laughs) Sure, the people of Britain really are saying that, but it does um, it does add new meaning to the phrase hard Brexiteer. Um, Neil and Christine Hamilton, it's it's a sad week for them, my, isn't it? Oh my friends, I was Your t- friends, chatting.
1: Yeah. My, me and my buddy were talking about this because he's aware and, of my affection for for, for Hamilton, Christine. For Christine. Chris,
0: and- well, she's lost her job, hasn't she, as a charity ambassador for Muscular Dystrophy UK, just because she tweeted a picture of hooded Ku Klux Klan members with the caption if the burqa is acceptable then presumably this is too they didn't like that no for some reason and Neil Hamilton he he went for his job back didn't he as the leader of UKIP in (laughs) the Welsh Assembly but he lost out to Gareth Bennett um who is currently facing a standards investigation after spending 10,000 pounds worth uh, nearly 10,000 pounds worth of taxpayers money on a constituency office which never opened ah. and who in 2016 blamed migrants for dropping litter uh, oh. in Cardiff he said uh, at the time i think with some of the ethnicities that have moved in possibly the eastern europeans they just don't have any aware of the hygiene any awareness of the hygiene problem um so um so neil hamilton to, to recap not as good as a man who's under investigation for the standards uh uh committee and uh, and thinks that migrants all drop litter so it's a sad week for the hamiltons not a good week another couple Golden Couple of Brexit. Yeah. Marnie. Joe oh, Marnie. Yes. And Henry Bolton. Yes. Did you read this story? No. So, um so, Joe Marnie and Henry Bolton have now admitted that they didn't actually split up after all. When Do you remember when <laughs> yeah, she wrote yeah. the bad tweets yeah, yeah. or the bad messages about Meghan Markle? Yeah, 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 And then he said he was the UKIP leader at the time, wasn't he? And he said he dumped her and then... But it was so obvious he had was obvious he was on the Today programme that morning, yeah. just after Christmas. That was brilliant. Yes, it was. So, when he sort of went... <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Um, she has talk, been talking to the Mail on Sunday. A fantastic uh, piece about how she had to be holed up in his flat during their fake breakup, and she kept a real sense of perspective about it. She said we uh, had to keep the curtains drawn. I wasn't even allowed to go near a window. It went on for weeks on end. I felt like Anne Frank during the war. Oh my God! So yeah, self awareness. Christ. And yeah. um, and. Uh, she also revealed, though, that that when Henry Bolton they travelled to the meeting, which he ended up losing his job at. Yeah, um, that was weird. Uh, yeah. And he'd forgotten to pack any of his own underwear, and so he had to go to the meeting wearing a pair of her leopard print knickers under his three piece suit. Couldn't he just not have worn any? But this is the thing, isn't it? Because it, Henry Bolton famously claims to have been in the French Commandos, yet while under fire, he refused to go, Commander. <laughs> So how how does this work? But well, the brexiteer of the week is a guy I've never heard of before. He's a guy called John Elliot. He is a Yorkshire businessman. He's 74 years old. He's got a company called EBAC, and they make water coolers and he has been checking in and out with Bloomberg uh, for a regular feature they do um, every six months or so they interview sort of business people about how Brexit yeah. is is affecting their business. And um, he says, if we stop trading with Europe, it won't be a big problem. Um, now, I don't know if anybody's pointed this out to John Elliott, but 80% of his water coolers he sells in EU countries. Oh. But not a big problem. But what I particularly liked, apart from that, was the fact that he's a keen supporter of a hard border between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland, and he just just get on with it. Mm. And you said, well, what about the you know possible return to violence? Well, you know... He said um, they're just messing about with these funny words like a frictionless border. That just means no border. You've got to have friction. It's just one of these phrases, Remainers like, which are meaningless. It's like saying I can make a frictionless water filter. Well, so So we're comparing one of John's water filters with the return of a hard border between two countries, which may lead to the return of sectarian violence and possibly to the, um, the, 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 uh, well, the unification of Ireland.
1: He'll want, he, he will be a Yexiter as well. He
0: could be. He definitely will be. He definitely will be. Yeah, he'll be wanting that border down the Pennines. He will be. So John Elliott, the 74-year-old, is the Brexite Businessman of the Week. Well, congratulations, John. What a glorious honour. You
1: could put you could put it on his water coolers. He could, yeah, a sticker on his water coolers. Brexit here the way it
0: would provide a water cooler moment, wouldn't it? But remember, you can't have a frictionless water cooler. We have water coolers here. Do we need to go and check where we're getting from? I think we need to say whether they're frictionless or not.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Steve. That was the new European podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It means the world to us. If you like our podcast, and indeed if you like our newspaper, you can become a patron, you can support us, because quality journalism, it doesn't come cheap. Fizzy, www.steadyhq.com and uh, you'll be able to search for the European on there and you can make a donation. Some people already have. Eric Beston, Chris Kenny, Glyn Martin, Enrique Manuel Boo, Greg Kane, Hugo Stalkin. Sheila Sadler, Fiona Urquhart, Ray French, Piers Haggard, Helen Fisher, Jamie McMillan, Gavin Budge, Anne Schurfield, Flora Smith and Kenneth Osborne are our latest supporters. Thank you so much. We'll be reading out some more names as soon as they come in. If you haven't already, go and buy the newspaper. It's £2.50. It's a rather controversial issue. I'll be back next week. Mr. Campbell, play your bagpipes. Here you go.